Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. So glad that you're with us. Welcome if you're back for the first time after lockdown. Can you believe it? Wow. Um, but it's great to be in God's house. Good to be here in his presence. And we just want to welcome the King of Kings into our service today. We want to welcome the Holy Spirit in. And just, I don't know about you, I'm, I'm quite pleased if the Holy Spirit comes and does some things amongst us today. Because it's the Holy Spirit that's living within us. And it's him that's producing the fruit within us. It's the Holy Spirit that's working away all the time. And uh, I just pray for uh, just an increase of the Holy Spirit's uh, work in our lives today in this service, but, you know, just in general this week as we continue in our faith and seek to just understand what is this thing all about? What are we doing? What is Christianity? What is church? Why are we here? Um, Do you ever ask those questions? No? (laughs) No? Uh, well, I ask those questions all the time. So, But welcome also to those who are online today. So glad that you're with us and hope that you can just uh, stay all the way through. I've been praying that the Holy Spirit is present in your house today as well, or wherever you, you are watching this service today. So let's just pray. And if you're able to, stand. And uh, we're going to pray and worship God today. Let's stand, if you're able. Father, we just thank you for your presence in this place today. We thank you that we know you. We thank you that you have revealed something of yourself to us. And Lord, we just pray that you just increase that revelation in our hearts. May we know more of Jesus. May we know more of you. May we know more of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. Father, we pray, bring us deeper into a relationship with yourself. And Father, we just pray your blessing. We pray your blessing on every person who's gathered today. Father, maybe even on somebody who will listen to this message later on. Father, we just pray that you would just move upon us. May we be so aware of your presence. And Father, we pray that you would just demonstrate your presence today. Father, your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people. And Father, as we begin to praise you through song, Lord, we ask that you would just come and live in our praise and just be uh, manifest in our praise. Father, may we see you in the things that we're doing today. And Father, we pray over your word today. Lord, we pray that it would be a word in season for the church. And Father, we just pray for a real liberty to share uh, freely uh, from your word today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen.
Father, we worship you today because you are worthy of all of our praise. Father, we thank you that we can come into your gates with thanksgiving. Father, we thank you for the many blessings which you pour out on each one of us, day by day, moment by moment. And Father, we just thank you that you are with us. Father, there's never a moment where you leave us. And Lord, we pray that you would just come and demonstrate your presence in our hearts more and more and more. Father, we pray, help us to lean into all that you have for us. Father, help us to hear your voice. Father, give us eyes to see what you're doing. Father, open up our understanding to grasp what it is that you want to do in this day and age. And so, Father, we pray that you continue to lead us into all that you have for us as individuals, as families, as a church, as churches across this area. And, Father, you know how we've prayed for other churches in the area, not just our own. And, Lord, we bring them before you again. And, Father, we pray that even today, as churches meet, that you would come and do something new. Father, that you'd open up something fresh and your church in this area. And Father, everything that seeks to oppose it, Father, we pray that you would come against it by the power of your spirit. And Father, that you would take control of these things. Father, that you would put them down. Father, that you close things down uh, that are seeking to come against the church, against the light of the gospel being lit across this area. And so, Father, we just pray that you come and do a fresh new thing amongst us. Father, help us to be sensitive to what it is that you want to say. I keep just hearing the words in my head, brick wall. Brick wall, brick wall. I see a picture of a brick wall. I keep getting these words brick wall in my spirit as I'm just praying this morning I don't know if that means something to somebody but we need to understand that if if the if it's the case that somebody's facing a brick wall it's just like you keep feeling like you're come up, coming up against things 
um, and that are stopping your progress. I really feel that you need to press into what God has for you um, and that you need to seek him so that he can be the one that breaks through for you on your behalf so that you're able to walk through beyond that brick wall into whatever it is that you feel God is saying to you. But just, you know, it's just that sense that you keep coming up against a brick wall. Um, but just you need to press into God in order to, to, to break through that challenge whatever that is for you. And so, Father, we just pray for those who are struggling. Lord, we pray that you would help them to break through in their situation, whatever that might be. Father, it might be a family situation. And, Father, just get this real sense that it is a family situation, something where you keep coming up against something and it's you just don't seem to be able to get beyond. Father, we pray that you would bring the breakthrough in that situation. And, Father, that you bring freedom to captives. Father, you bring release into whatever that situation is. Lord, help us to keep trusting you. Help us to keep trusting you. And Father, we just pray. We, we pray over each one of us. Father, we all probably have things which have been going on in our life, even lives even this week. And Father, we just give them to you and we ask that you come and that you would speak into those situations. And Father, we pray that our ears would be open to all that you want to say to us today through your word. And Father, just as uh, different things are shared today, Father, we just pray uh, that we'd be open and receptive to all that you want to say to us. Father, we pray for those who are sick. Lord, many in our, our fellowship who are sick and need a touch from you. Father, we pray that you just minister your grace and healing into those situations. Father, for those who are in hospital, for those who are just out of hospital. Father, we just pray for your grace. Father, for those who are struggling with uh, bereavement and Father, just uh, just that, that, that grief of the, the soul and the spirit. Father, we pray just for uh, your comfort to come and your peace to come. Father, just such a, a deep sense of your peace just settling upon every heart. Lord, may we be so aware of your presence. Father, in this room today and Father, for those who are joining online, in the room that they're sitting in today. Father, may there just be something so strong of your presence as we gather around you today. Father, help us to fix our eyes in Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. 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 Please be seated if you're not already. One or two things that I need to announce today. Sorry, this lectern's batting off the, the microphone. Sorry, clear my feet. I hate clutter, so I need to just. Sorry for those who are online and I disappeared for a second. Uh, I just need to get my feet cleared. Um, it's good to be in God's house today. I, I don't know if that word about brick wall meant something to somebody. If it did, please come in and, and share. God has the answer for you. Uh, it just kept coming and kept coming. I thought, I'm making this up, but it just kept coming and kept coming. So if it's for you, then pray into that and, and God will give you the answer that you need. Um, I do need to do this photograph for track and trace. Give me a wee second. Uh, everybody smile. Oh, can I see your faces anyway? Sorry. 
I'll just uh, that bit's out the road. Um, I, I sent out an email this week. Hopefully you got it. And uh, at the end of this week, on the 12th of November, uh, almost the end of the week, uh, Friday evening between 7.30 and 9, there is a prayer gathering on Zoom. Last time this happened, there were 70 churches represented on this prayer uh, Zoom. Churches from Edinburgh, the Lothians, and Fife. And just people gathering to, to, to worship God and to pray. And we're believing that God wants to do something fresh and new in this area. And so I want to really encourage you to be involved in that. Um, I, I think God is doing some significant things, and I'm going to talk about that in just a little second. <clears throat> just remember that next week is Remembrance Sunday. We will have a minute silence at 11 o'clock when we begin. For those who are online, don't fret. The sound hasn't packed in. We will be observing a minute silence. Um, so can I encourage you to be here uh, on time for that so that we can do that? 21st of November is not far away. You know how the months just seem to be flying in, don't they? Am I the only person in here today? I kind of feel like I'm a bit alone up here. <laughs> Please give me some feedback. Um, 21st of November is uh, the return date for the shoeboxes. There are already a, a number of shoeboxes coming in, uh, a, good, a, a large number. So thank you for that and just keep bringing them in. And the last thing that I want to announce is that on the 28th of November, the end of the month, we will have a visiting speaker again. Uh, it's a really good friend of ours. His name is Stephen Maguire. He'll be here with his family. Stephen is the associate pastor in Found Church in Larbert. And uh, I've got to know Stephen over many years now, and I'm really excited about him coming to share uh, a word with the church. So hopefully we'll all, all be here to, to encourage Stephen in that. Can I just pray and pause for a second? Is that okay? I just want to pray before we come to open up God's word. Father, we just ask that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit wants to say today. And Father, that your anointing would come upon our ears. Father, that your anointing would come upon this heart and this voice today. And Father, that you would cause things to be said that are the things which are on your heart. Your heart for this church and for this area. And so, Father, help us to lean into what you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now I'm going to do something first. I was speaking about listening to God uh, just recently, and I came across this book. It's called Surprised by the Voice of God by Jack Deere, How God Speaks to Us Today. I have no idea how I came into possession of this book. If it's yours, I apologize. I will give it back. But the content is absolutely incredible. And he talks about the beginnings of a journey where he begins to hear the voice of God in ways that he had never heard before. And so when I was speaking about listening to the voice of God, this book just so happened to appear. And so I can highly recommend that to you. There's another book which I'm beginning to read at the moment. It's When the Spirit Comes with Power. And I'm quite interested to hear about this person's experiences, a man called John White, When the Spirit Comes with Power. I am keen to hear about how to move into times when the Spirit comes in power. I don't know about you folks, but we are in a time where we need the Holy Spirit to come in power. We live in a culture and a society that's very, very interested in spiritual things, but they're not hearing about the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit to move in such a way where people begin to get curious about who God is and what God wants to do. And we need to see this happening in the church. 
okay? I said today I was going to share my heart today. I have, this is my notes, okay? For those who are online as well. This is my notes for today. One page, okay? The elder said, you've not to use your notes today, okay? I cheated a little bit, okay? But I'm beginning to read this book because I'm curious to know how does this work? How, um, that engineered background, but we can't engineer the Holy Spirit. We can't manufacture the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can do what the Holy Spirit does. We can't make that happen, but we're living in a time where we need the Holy Spirit to move. Lastly, last book. It's called Glory in the Glen. I picked this book up in the bookshop in the Aberdeen Church last week when I was up in Aberdeen last Saturday. And I began to explore through the contents of the book. And this is what I came across. Well, no, I'm going to do something else first before I come to that. Can I come back to that? I'm going to come back to that. Because I really feel it's important that we get into the Bible. And what does the Bible say about some of these things? So I'm going to come back to that. And hopefully I have a, a presentation on the screen. There we go. The title is From the Heart. This is our verse. This is our only verse today. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And as I was sharing this thought during the week at our SLT meeting, I talked about that moment when you're moving house and the documents are signed and the, you, that you know that it's going to happen, and you have that assurance, and then even better still, when money has changed hands, and you know that it's definitely going ahead, but you've not moved into the house yet. Has anybody ever been there? We were there uh, not so very long ago, and it's just so stressful moving house. But faith, faith is that assurance that what you hope for is going to come to pass. And that's so important. It's faith is the conviction of things that are not seen. We see each other in this room today. Those who are online can see whatever the camera's seeing. I can't see you. I wish I could. And we get consumed by the things that we can see rather than the things which we can't see. The atom is the smallest unit of matter. We can't see it. But we know that it exists. Through modern science, we know that it exists. But we can't see it. But there are many other things that are real but can't be seen. The Holy Spirit is real but, we, but, but can't actually physically be seen. But the Holy Spirit is real. And I want us to just come around this verse today. And what I want to, us to take away from this verse today is that there are things which are unseen which will only be seen through the eyes of faith, and if we pray into those things, will come into being. What has God promised over your life? What are the promises of God in your life that you're holding on to? Do you have promises that you're holding on to? Personally, you're allowed to. This means yes, okay? You've got masks on. I can't see very much. This means yes. This means no, okay? Do you have promises in your life personally that you're holding on to? I hope that you do because God is the one who will deliver those promises. Do you have those things in your possession yet? No. There are things which I am believing for, which God has spoken over my life and over this church, which I am believing for, which I at this point in time cannot see. 
And in the moments where we can't see the fulfillment of the promises, we need to hang on in faith. We need to have faith. And so faith is the assurance of the thing that we're hoping for. We've maybe not moved into the house yet, but the papers have been signed, the bills have been paid, and on the X amount of whatever date it is, we're going to move, right? We don't always have that certainty with God. Sometimes we feel as if we're waiting forever. Or am I the only person who feels like that? Do you ever feel like you're waiting forever and God to deliver the promises? Well, that's what it feels like for me sometimes in the church. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting on God delivering the things which he has spoken over this church. I can go way, way back to the oldest recorded prophecy that we have in the life of the church. And it's got Tom Martin's name written above it. And it talked about there being a well and something that was springing up from the church. Something that would draw people in, that they would be refreshed and that they would experience the presence of God. Sorry, I'm going to come back to my book now. Can I come back to my book? Remember, I don't have notes today. <laughs> even the notes I've got, I'm not even looking at them. So let me read something. As I picked up this book, I was intrigued as I went through the contents where it talked about a place called West Ben-Har. Does everybody know where West Ben-Har is? It's kind of like over that way somewhere, somewhere. I think, I need to get my compass out. And it talks about how God did something in West Ben-Har that had a ripple effect down through generations. Let me just read some of the parts of this. I'm not going to read it all. It says in 1922, a work of grace had occurred amongst the miners in Midlothian and also in Lanarkshire communities of West Ben-Har and Shorts around the turn of the 20th century. Following visits from faith missions, uh, faith mission workers, and one of the pilgrims who saw great things in this area was Ulster-born Margaret Livingston, and it goes on to talk about Margaret's influence. And then two decades later, in 1922, in a tiny coal mining village of West Benhar, a significant awakening began, occasioned once again by a visit from faith mission pilgrims. One who attended the meetings was schoolgirl Margaret in brackets, Pearl Weir. Does anybody remember Mrs. Weir? Some people in here remember Mrs. Weir. I remember, I have fond memories of Mrs. Weir, sitting on the floor in her living room, listening to people talking as a child, and listening to them talking about the things of God. And I remember getting excited as I listened. And it talks about how her father, Quinton Moore, had also been converted through the faith mission work back in 1903. And then, many decades later, Mrs. Weir recorded this. I was the eldest of seven children, and in 1922, when I was 13 years of age, the faith mission sent two lady pilgrims to the village. Miss Woods was the senior pilgrim, and she came from Aberdeen, Miss uh, Bruce, uh, who was second in command, was a beautiful singer. Unfortunately, Miss Woods had burned her foot and could not walk to the meetings. Cars were few and far between in those days, but my dad had a car, and he brought the pilgrims each night to the meetings. Miss Woods was the only pilgrim I ever saw sitting to preach the gospel, but preach she did. And I remember her saying, you and your namby-pamby religion, you need to be born again. I can just imagine the fire with which that was said. 
we can get so caught up in religion and we can miss the person that the religion is all about. Our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said to a man called Nicodemus, you must be born again. There needs to be a spiritual rebirth in your heart. And I think there are many people in churches up and down the land who would profess to be Christians but have never experienced the power of the Holy Spirit coming in and transforming their lives. Men and women and young people were born again, night after night. Sometimes there were as many people outside the hall as inside. Many people came from shots, and it talks about how the minister would counsel people on the way home. The singing was excellent night after night, and the hall was filled to overflowing. One young miner who got converted was George Drysdale. Who remembers George Drysdale? A few people in here remember George Drysdale. I remember being in anticipation when George Drysdale would get up to speak, thinking, what's he going to say? You just sat and you wanted to hear what he was going to say. He continued to work in the mines, but later became the pastor of the Pentecostal church, Heart Hill Pentecostal Church, the church which this church was born from. And then it goes on to say this. Listen to this last little bit. I'm cutting bits out here. Spreading in the Wishaw direction, the revival also touched other areas such as New Mains, in which town there was much conviction and turning to God. Peril became involved in the West Har, uh, sorry, the West Ben Har Prayer Union, which began as a result of the revival, and she and her husband were founder members of the Ben Har Evangelical Church which sprang up in the area. As a result of their invo her involvement in these organizations and her warm and caring personality, Pearl, Pearl came to be regarded as a spiritual mother to so many in the community. A spiritual mother. And I remember being in Mrs. Weir's house and listening to the way that she spoke. And one of the people that was one of our spiritual ch children was my dad. And so I, I read this, and I think about the legacy of the generation gone by that experienced the presence and power of God that has rippled down through the generations and is still affecting us today. The reason I'm standing here <clears throat> excuse me, today is because there are people who went before who pressed into the things of God and who pushed on through, who pushed through the brick walls sometimes, who saw God and saw the power of God and saw people coming to know Jesus, people becoming born again. I want to see those things happen again. I want to see those things happen again. Let me read something else that I came across in the book as I was looking through the contents. Places where God had moved and there was an awakening, there was a revival of sorts. Listen to this. Glasgow, North Lanarkshire, Motherwell, Wishaw, Morningside, Airdrie, Coatbridge, South Lanarkshire, Cambus Lang and Rutherglen, Kaluk, and Forth, just up the road, Les Mahago, Colburn, Netherburn. You probably heard about the revival in Colsaith, where God did something fresh in Colsaith, and something happened that's reverberating down through the generations in Colsaith. There was a revival in the northeast of Scotland. We're still feeling the effects 
of the revival in the northeast of Scotland. Our pastor previously, Andrew Smith, was a result of that. God moving in power. And I don't know if you've noticed something as I've read out those names, that God has moved in power in so many places all around where we are right now. All around where we are right now. And we've never seen this type of move of God in this area. As far as I'm aware, and I've asked many people about this, we've never seen that type of awakening and that type of revival in this location. But I believe that God has ordered up something fresh from heaven for this area. God wants to do something fresh in this area that will bring glory to Him and that will see people coming to know Jesus. I talked about when the Spirit moves in power. Why do we want the Spirit to move in power? So that we can have a good time? Do we want to see the gifts of the Spirit demonstrated in the church? Yes. Why? Because some of us need to experience the power of God. We need to experience healing. Yes, Jesus demonstrated his power and miracles and signs and wonders because he had compassion on people, but because there was a greater purpose that those things pointed to God. I was listening to something just recently, and they were talking about how any old prophet could raise somebody from the dead. That's what the person said. You look at the Old Testament, and people were raised from the dead in the Old Testament. But what they said was that Jesus would be recognized as the Messiah because the blind would see, the lame would walk, and people would rise in faith. Jesus did something fresh and something new for his time, and he wants to do something fresh and new for our time. Do you believe this? I want to go back, and I mentioned something, a prophetic word that was given into the life of the church about the church being a well. And as I looked at all the prophetic words over the church, I thought, well, that's had its time. I remember when there were people coming into this church building from all over on a Sunday night, and the praise would just have lifted the roof off for those who remember those days. People coming from all over to be refreshed, and I thought, those days are finished. And as I thought about this, and as I've been listening to God, I realized that those days are not finished. God wants to do something fresh in His Spirit that will draw people in to this place which will be a well where people will be refreshed. Do you know, I heard this word from God twice last year about God wanting to open up a well. Do you remember me talking about that back in May? And I was at the pastor's prayer gathering in January last year, and we're praying with Yinka, who we met this week again, and I'm, I'm sitting there, I was kneeling on the floor praying, Yinka, pray about the wells, pray about the wells. And as he began to pray, he said, God's going to open up a well where his spirit will flow out and something fresh will happen in your church. And we went to Arizona a few weeks later, not even a couple of weeks later, and I heard somebody say the exact same thing. Now, it wasn't personally directed towards us, but the Holy Spirit had a purpose behind it. And this week, Mary and I were out in uh, Wester Hills with some other pastors and leaders from the Edinburgh Fife Lothians area, and we heard the same prophecy again prophesied over us that God wanted to open up a well in this church where he would pour out his spirit. That's 
three times. My dad always used to say three is confirmation. That's three times, as well as the words from the past, as well as the stirring up that's going on inside, three times about a well that God wants to open up. When God opens up a well, you better be prepared to get soaked. Soaked in the Spirit. Be ready to get soaked in the Spirit. You know, there's that verse in Ezekiel where it talks about somebody coming along and and dipping their toe in the water. Do you remember that? And then it talks about how the water begins to gradually work its way up until it's up to their knees, and then they're up to their waist, and before they know it, they're swimming in the water. Be prepared to get soaked. Be prepared to get soaked. I don't know about you, I need to be soaked. I need to be filled afresh every single day, but I'm needing something fresh from God that will bring glory to Him. Do you know, I think, I think about these things, and I did say I would be sharing from my heart today. I think about these things, and I think, why do we really want God to move? Is it because we want people to say, oh, look at them. Aren't they doing really well? Isn't that person really spiritual? I wish I could be like them. I think God wants us to get past all that absolute garbage. It's absolute garbage. We need to get past that. Jesus' disciples were following his lead. Jesus walked in humility. There was a humility to Jesus. He was doing all these incredible things, and he said to people, don't tell anybody about it. What would we be doing? We'd be like, yes, did you hear about what happened in the church last week? Wasn't that amazing? And we'd be putting it on Facebook and Instagram, and we'd be emailing all our friends and absolute humility. He was just getting on with the work that God had called him to. And I think about another word. I go back to, uh, I I do have some notes because I can't remember dates ever. Um, I've not amended my notes, but it it was back in June uh, 2015. June 2015. And I think it was at the National Prayer Breakfast for Scotland. I think it was there in person from memory. And as we were praying, I just felt God gave me this picture, and the picture was of lots of little streams, lots of little streams all over the place joining to form a river, and the river became this unstoppable force. And I felt what God said to me was that our church, along with other churches, was like a little stream where the river began to flow and flow and flow, and they came together, and if you if you've done your geography lessons, you'll know that where, where streams and rivers meet, it's called the confluence. Has anybody heard that word before? The, the point where they meet, and that point is where churches, our church and others, begin to intersect. And that's what next Friday is all about. It's about our churches beginning to intersect. And I, I just felt that God gave me this picture that God wants to do something fresh in this area that has never seen a move of God in that way before. God wants to do something fresh. Are you excited about that? I'm excited about that. Because that very word, a few weeks back, Martin Neely came to me, and hopefully Martin's joined online and listened. He might listen to it later, I don't know. He came to me and he said, I just had this picture which I felt was from God, and it was about these streams all coming together to to form a river, and the river was just this unstoppable force. I'm paraphrasing what Martin said to me. But he came and he brought the same picture. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. And I said to Mark, that sounds like something that God said to me years ago. And this Thursday, (laughs) this Thursday, when we came together as ministers, there was a prophetic word came from the church. 
about all these little streams that would form a river and it would be an unstoppable force. And I thought, three times, three times, God's speaking, three times, a well, a river where his presence will be felt in our communities. By the way, I don't know if you're aware of this, maybe you've looked around recently and you realize that our communities need Jesus. Our communities need healing. Our communities need to experience the wholeness that can only come from him. Back in January 2020, when I was prayer walking around the town, I went out to pray. It was my scheduled time to go and pray, and it was pouring. It was bucketing down. I had my walking boots on. I had all my gear, and I was still soaked to the skin. Even my feet were wet. It was that heavy, and I was walking around the town like a right loony, praying that God would do something fresh in our community. Do you know what I felt God say to me? I felt he said that this is what it needs to be like. It needs to be this saturation of the presence of God in our communities. Saturation. Oh my goodness. I was saturated. I was soaked to the skin. Even my unmentionables were wet. (laughs) Oh, soaked to the skin, but I I just kind of had this sense that that's what God wants to do. He wants to come in power so that we are saturated by the Spirit. What did I say? When God opens up a well, you better be prepared to get wet. Some people don't want to get wet. I hate going to the swimming baths. I know that it's good for me. But I hate chlorinated water. And I hate not being able to get a proper shower after it. And you try to get your clothes back on, they're sticking to you. It's like, ah. And then yesterday we were in Glasgow and it was blowing a hoolie and the rain was coming down. And I'm like, I don't like getting wet. <laughs> that day I was saturated with water, soaked to the skin, feet through the walking boots, soaked, everything soaked. And God said, and I feel God has said this time and time again, that he wants to come and saturate this community with his presence. Just a couple of weeks ago, I went out for a walk I thought the rain's going off. I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to go and pray. What happened? The rain came on heavier. I was like, here we go again, getting saturated, prayer walking. And I'm like, Lord, I remember what you said and I'm waiting for it. I'm believing for it. And you want to do something new. And I thought, where does all this come from? (laughs) And I come back to a verse that Jeanette gave to me way, way back at the turn of the century That's the most recent century, by the way. (laughs) And it was from Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19, where God says, and he's been telling them about all the stuff that's been happening. He says, see all that. Forget the former things. Forget the former things. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm going to bring streams in the desert and away in the wilderness. And I prayed about that verse, and I prayed about that, and I prayed about that, and I thought, Lord, what does it mean? And I felt that God said to me, the ways are the outreaches from the church into the community. That's the different ways, roadways into our community, paths that we can take that connect us with our community. And the streams in the desert, the streams in the desert are the things which only God can do. 
God coming through His power through those roads, but maybe in other ways, and bringing the life of God through those outreaches. This is my assessment as a church. We've been very good at making roads. We've been really good at making roads, and roads into our community, but we've not necessarily been very good at positioning ourselves so that the Holy Spirit can come through in power, so that the streams can flow in the desert. And that's where we're at now. That's where we're at now. That's what we need to press into now. Faith is a conviction of things not seen. And I felt God spoke to me about this just in the last few weeks as I was reflecting on what we pray for as a church. And we pray for each other, and we pray for the sick, we pray for those who are in trouble, we pray for the finances, we pray for, we pray for all these things that we can see, and problems that we can see. And that's right that we do that. Hear what I'm saying really clearly. It's right that we do that, and we will continue to do that. But here's where God challenged me. How often are you praying for the things which are unseen? praying for prodigals to come back into the church. We don't see them in the building just now. People who've been part of the church, who've experienced God, and who've left the church, we don't see them in the building. Maybe some are joined online, I don't know. Praying for people that we know who have never experienced Jesus yet. Praying for the power of God to move for these things that we're talking about, now it springs up, don't you perceive it? Can't you see it? I'm like, I'm trying to see it. I'm trying to see it, but help me to see it. God wants to do something fresh, and we need, need to begin to pray into the things which are unseen. I have another slide which I'm going to put up. And for me, for me, these words encapsulate where I feel God is leading as a, as, as a church. Sowing seeds of faith, reaping the generations. Sowing seeds of faith, reaping the generations. Hopefully what I've said up until now helps us to understand that sowing seeds of faith involves us listening to God and putting into practice what he's saying. It involves the streams and the desert coming into the places that need life. It involves can tell the cleaner hasn't hoovered the platform. Lynn. Tiny little seeds left over from Lisa last week. And when she brought this word about faith and seeds, do you remember when she opened up the, the top of the pepper? I believe God wants to do something through those seeds of faith, through us engaging with God at a new level. We need to break through into new levels of our understanding of who God is. Breaking through in faith, sowing seeds of faith, and reaping the generations. On the 27th of February, 2011, Ray Stokes was here and he was prophesying. And what he, one of the things that he prophesied that day was that God wants to reach a new generation. God is wanting to reach a new generation, to bring in a fresh generation. One of the books that I'm reading as well, and I'm going to try and put the picture up for you, Hopefully, no, that's the wrong package. Here we go. It's called Meet Generation Z, not Z, for our American friends if they're joining. Meet Generation Z by Gen James Emery White. And there is a generation 
rising up, and there's a, there are generations of people who don't know Jesus. There are generations of people who not only don't know Jesus, but they don't care about Jesus. I think we're beyond atheism, if I can put it that way, in some cases. I think back to 2000, uh, uh, 2001, after the, the, the fall of the Twin Towers, and you think about how people responded to that. And I kind of feel like if it was like the parable of the sower, it's like, it's like the seed falling in the hard ground where the birds just come and take it away. People were hardened to faith and religion and all that sort of stuff after 9-11. And then 2008 came and there was the financial crash and people were really concerned about their welfare and finances and all that kind of stuff. And I think if we were to look at the parable of the sower that Jesus talked about, it's like the seed falling amongst the thorns. You know, there's, there's that kind of trying to get a bit of traction, but life is just choking it out. We need to be different as a church, by the way. We need to have faith. Is God our provider or is it us? Who's our provider? Is it God? God is our provider as families, as a church. God is our provider. We need to have faith in Him so that when we walk through difficult times, as we do with the rest of the world, we walk through in a different way. We need to demonstrate that we have faith in a God who is our provider. And then I think a bit more recently, it's like the seed that falls amongst the rocks. There's no root. There's nowhere for it to really get traction and to get a hold. And I think Recently, life has been like that. I don't know about you. I've been sowing seed and sowing seed and sowing seed and sowing seed and sowing seed. Assembly after assembly after assembly after assembly. Class talks, Q&A sessions. Sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed. Very little return. And I was sharing to the guys on Tuesday night, have you ever thought about how much work it takes to see one person come to faith. Think about the amount of work it takes for one person to come to faith. One person. The amount of prayer that goes in, the amount of witnessing that goes in to see one person come into faith. The amount of prayer that's going in over Mark Hyde just now to see Mark come through into a full place of healing. Think about the, the, the amount of hours of prayer that are going on for this one person because we're believing God for a suddenly moment. I don't know about you, but when I look at the book of Acts, it's a very different picture. People came to know Jesus. People experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to experience for us as a church. So that when Ray talks about reaching a new generation that we see the fulfillment of that prophecy. Not to come in and adopt all our ways of doing things necessarily, but to experience God, to experience the power of God. If it was only one time God talked about reaping a generation, well, fair enough. But for those who were at Gartmore, on the 7th of September, 2012, there was a man called Ian Williams, a good friend of Andrew's, who was sharing with us that weekend, and he, he talked about there being like a little spark. He says, I'm trying to spark things off. I'm trying to spark faith off within you. And he talked about there being a generational blessing or a generational anointing, however he talked about. There's a generational blessing on this church. 
And he said, oh, well, you might come and say to me, Ian, if you knew about the generations of our church, you wouldn't be saying that. There's a generational blessing on the church. God has said it at least twice through prophetic words. And I believe God wants to do it. We simply need to position ourselves underneath what God is saying. And I include myself in that today as the leader of the church. If I'm not under his leadership, then don't listen to me. Don't listen to what I'm telling you. If I'm not under the leadership of God, if I'm not under the leadership of Jesus Christ, if I'm not under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, then go and listen to somebody else because you'd be better off doing that. What I'm trying to encourage us today is to get a hold of the fact that I feel, I believe with my whole being that God has been speaking consistently to this church over a number of years about entering into a new thing, about seeing the lost being found, about seeing this renewal. And I believe God wants to do something in this area that is going to see the generations one for Jesus. And I'm not just talking about the young people. I'm talking about multiple generations. But I believe that God wants to do something amongst the children and young people. I believe God wants to do something that will reverberate down through the generations. You read about these stories of revival, and God does something, and it's not just for that time. People are transformed, and their lives impact the generation that's coming after them. My wife is testament to the fact that God can do things in the generations. Things that the generations before have experienced, not necessarily healthy things, broken and entering into a new thing. I'm excited about the possibility of people being set free from things that have held family generations and being set free from that and being released into all that God has for them. I'm excited about that. This is what I feel God is saying to us as a church. And over the last while, I've been thinking, well, God, how do you want to do that? And I believe God's been showing me how he wants us to do that. And I believe that God's bringing connections together. Even this Christmas, we're going to be working alongside an organization called Convoy of Hope Europe. And we're going to put on a Treasure Kids event where we'll be able to feed them and help them to come in and have fun and do something for the first time with our kids. And Convoy of Hope Europe are wanting to partner with that, with us in that. I don't know if you remember the big event. Do you remember the big event? Who remembers the big event? Right, it was part of the gala day. Right at the start of the gala day, we did it in 2005 and 2006. I think in the first one, I can't remember, but we were over a thousand people came into the big event and became part of what the churches were doing at that point in time. We did it again in 2006. I think God is bringing in the connections for us to do things like that again in our community where thousands of people are reached with this incredible life-changing message. I believe God wants us to use multiple streams to saturate our community with the presence of God, to engage with people in the community, in the community centers, and not just in Whitburn, in the communities that surround us, to engage with people and to be able to share what we know has changed us. I believe God wants to rewrite the operating system of the church. 
I don't know if you've ever, I, I updated my, my, I think it was my phone just recently, and it went from version 14.8 point something to, you know, 14.8.1. It wasn't worth writing about. But underneath it, underneath it, it says, if you want, you can upgrade to iOS 15. Got all these fantastic new features. And I'm like, I'll just stick with the old one. I'm not ready for iOS 15 yet. Do you know what? I think God is saying it's time for a new operating system for the church. God wants to do something fresh. And there's a whole bunch of work that needs to be done in the background to make these things happen. But the essential dynamic is the Holy Spirit coming and working through us so that we can say with absolute certainty, faith is the assurance of things that we're hoping for. It's the substance, the conviction of things not seen. God wants to do something, and we can't see it yet, but I'm trying to paint a picture today so that we can begin to see it. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm trying to paint a picture today of that God wants to do something in our time that will be only attributed to Him, that will ripple out down through the generations. God wants to do something new. The question is, do you want to be part of it? I just want to stay in my bed. I want to have a wee rest. Oh, I'm too tired to come tonight. Do you know what? This is what I was saying to the guys on Tuesday night. And I quoted Ron Edwards when he gave us a word for the church. What did he say? He says there'll be a cost. There'll be a cost. And I can't stand here today and paint a picture of the future and not say that there will be a cost. If we want to follow Jesus with all of our heart, there is a cost. There's a cost. There are people who come straight from work to the prayer meeting and then go home and have their tea because they believe that prayer is part of ushering in the things which are not seen. And there is an importance attached to prayer that we need to grasp that if we're going to see the things which are unseen, they will only happen if we are serious about prayer. Seeking God because we can't do it. I don't know about you, I'm at the end of my resources, right? The end of my resources. I can't do this. Only God can do this. But God wants to do it. I think God has ordered it for this area. And to quote Alan from a few months back, he talked about being a prototype church. And I felt that that particular part of what he said lined up with things which God has said before about this church. That God wants to do something in this church that's fresh and new. The question is, do we want to be part of it? We're going to sing a song just as we finish off our time today, and the band are going to come back up. And the song is called Here Again. Let me read some of the words to you. Can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring, but I know here in the middle is the place where you promised to be. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Because all I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? 
as we were talking about this song during the week, even reading out the words, I was like, I can hardly read these words out because I'm so aware, I'm so aware that I'm not enough unless he comes. Will you meet me here again? Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you in our lives. We need you to come and demonstrate your power, demonstrate your presence. Father, none of us are enough. But Father, we know that we have somebody living within us who is enough. The Holy Spirit living within us and you are enough. And Father, I pray over this church that you would draw us together. Father, that you would unite us under what you want to do that's fresh and dynamic and new in this area. And Father, that people will begin to find their way to serve and to to be involved in what it is that you want to do. But Father, I I just have this sense that you want to involve all of us. And so I pray that you just bring us in and that you draw us together to yourself. Draw us in, Father. Help us to see the things which are unseen. Father, help us to have that conviction, that assurance. The title deed's already signed. The bill's been paid. We just need to enter into what the Holy Spirit has for us. Let's stand as we sing this song, hopefully as a response to what God is saying today.
Father, that's our confession this morning that we are not enough unless you come. Yeah, Father, we could go through the motions. We could put on a good show. We could have all the technology, make it all happen, have church online. We could do all sorts of things. But Father, what we really need is we need your presence. Father, we need the demonstration of your presence. Father, not only in healings and in miracles and Father, some of these incredible things. But Father, I believe one of the greatest miracles is when people come to know you. When people come into faith in you, into a relationship with you. And just, uh, I feel that that's the challenge for so many today is that we move deeper into a relationship with him. And for some who've never experienced that, there are some people who've never experienced the Holy Spirit coming into their lives and just taking up residence And God is saying today, you need to surrender to him. You need to surrender. And it's as you surrender, it's as you surrender that those brick walls are going to start coming down. You're trying in your own strength to break through the wall, but you can't do it. It's only as you surrender your life to him that you will enter into what's on the other side of the wall. You will enter into freedom. You will enter into peace. You will enter into uh, things which have been part of your life and, and haunted you for years, for some people decades. You will enter into a new level of freedom in the things which God has, and you'll begin to understand that God is a God who sets the captives free, and you will enter into a new experience in Him. But it's as you surrender to him. Father, I pray today that all over this room, for those who are joined online, that people will just lean into to that whole thing. Father, to surrender to you that we might see your presence in our lives. Father, that we might see you move in those areas where we've been held captive. Father, we just pray for a release. Father, we know that the enemy wants to come and remind us of our weaknesses. And maybe that's just a word for some people today. Maybe even today, the devil's reminding you of your weaknesses and saying you can't do it. You can't do it. But God is saying, surrender to me. You can do it. God is saying you can do it. And so let's just lean into all that God has for us. Father, we just pray your blessing on each one of us. Father, I pray your blessing on this congregation today. Father, that you would lead us into all that you have for us. Father, as individuals, as families, as a congregation, and Father, across this area, Father, as churches begin to join together, as those streams begin to deepen, as your presence begins to saturate, and Father, the river begins to swell up. Father, we pray. Help us not to be afraid and hold back, but Father, to jump in. It's one last thing that I'm going to share. One last thing that I'm going to share in relation to what we've been talking about today. I remember a really vivid memory of being at the top of a, a cliff. And people were jumping into the, the river down below. I remember standing at the top of the cliff frozen to the spot. I wanted to jump in, 
I wanted to experience the joy that everybody else was experiencing. I wanted to feel the exhilaration, but I was frozen to the spot and I couldn't move. And what I ended up doing was walking back down the long way back to where everybody else was having fun because something inside was stopping me from jumping in. What was stopping me at that point in time was fear. God is saying today to some people today, you've got a choice. You've got a choice and God always gives us a choice. You can walk back down the long way and you can watch everybody else or you can jump in. And my prayer today is that if you've got fear in your heart that's stopping you from jumping in, that you would pray about that and that you would come to that place where you take the plunge. And that was just the expression that I felt God wanted to share at the end of the service today. Take the plunge. Take the plunge. Take the plunge. Trust in him. You can, you can trust in him. Take the plunge. Jump in. Get saturated in what God has for you. So, Father, seal these words into our heart today. Over this church, Father, we thank you that you're speaking. Father, we thank you that you have a purpose and that you're not finished with us yet. Father, help us to forget the former things and to apprehend the things which can only be seen through faith. That conviction of the things which are unseen. Father, help us to see what is unseen and to press into it, to press into it prayerfully. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Hope you have a fantastic week. And if you want to talk about anything that's been shared today, if you need prayer for anything, just feel free to come and uh, chat with us.